Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Friday, December 13th, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today... Details about the next-gen Xbox. Apple makes an interesting acquisition around photography. Lyft will rent you a car. Why I find Roku so interesting. And, of course, the weekend long-read suggestions. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Microsoft's next-generation Xbox, the machine that until now has been known as Project Scarlet, is now officially going to be named Xbox Series X. And if you feel like the name is not quite distinct enough, believe me, you will not confuse this machine with any other Xbox console if you're actually looking at it, because this bad boy looks like a computer, or at least different than all the other Xboxes. Maybe because it is largely a computer, though. Quoting The Verge, The console itself is designed to be used in both vertical and horizontal orientations, and Microsoft's Xbox chief, Phil Spencer, promises that it will, quote, deliver four times the processing power of Xbox One X in the most quiet and efficient way, end quote. Microsoft used the Xbox Series X to showcase Hellblade 2, a new game from Ninja Theory that is being developed for its next Xbox console. While Microsoft has revealed the design here, the company isn't revealing exact specs beyond what has been previously discussed. Microsoft isn't talking GPU performance specifics just yet, but Spencer has dropped some hints in an interview with GameSpot, and the graphics you see in the Hellblade 2 trailer were supposedly captured in a game engine running on the console in real time. Quote, We wanted to have a dramatic upgrade from the Xbox One base console, says Spencer. So when we do the math, we're over eight times the GPU power of the Xbox One and two times what an Xbox One X is. End quote. The Xbox One X is six teraflops of GPU performance, so the Xbox Series X could be capable of 12 teraflops. End quote. Which, yeah, check out the preview video in the linked article because it is impressive. The uncanny valley might not be long for this world. Maybe we won't even have one by the end of this decade. And back to the design, the actual hardware design. Dieter Bone called it the Cybertruck of game consoles, but I'm pretty sure he meant that in a good way. And here's Sam Bifford's take, quote, Gadgets get described as monolithic all the time, but I can't think of a better application of the word than the Series X. It's a vertically oriented, virtually featureless black slab. While it shares design language with the Xbox One X, that only serves to highlight the difference between the two. The One X was designed to be as small as possible, but the Series X screams power. With its chunky prismatic frame, the Series X feels like it won't be constrained in any physical dimension. It's reminiscent of compact gaming PCs like the Corsair 1 that has its drawbacks, 
even in horizontal orientation. It definitely won't fit in my TV cabinet. But the advantage is that Microsoft now has a lot more thermal headroom to play with than ever before, end quote. Mark Gurman is reporting that Apple is buying Spectral Edge, a UK-based startup whose tech improves the colors of photos by taking infrared shots and then blending them with standard photos. Gurman was not able to nail down the purchase price, but apparently Spectral Edge had raised $5 million in funding to date. But back to that tech, back to what Spectral Edge actually does. It uses machine learning to do that infrared blending in order to make smartphone pictures crisper with better color, quoting German. Spectral Edge's technology could contribute to the AI Apple already uses in its camera app by continuing to improve the quality of photos in low-light environments. The startup has said its technology can be applied via software or chips. Apple's latest devices include custom processors that assist with picture-taking, end quote. Lyft has launched a car rental service with no mileage limits starting in San Francisco and L.A. for as low as $35 a day. Lyft will even give you two $20 ride credits to cover the cost of, you know, actually taking a lift to wherever your rental car is parked, which altogether, including the low price per day, sounds insane to me. Like, is there any margin in this for them? Quoting The Verge, Lyft is trying a couple of things at launch beyond the ride credits to lure renters away from incumbents. For one thing, Lyft will allow people as young as 22 to rent, provided they have a valid driver's license. There are no mileage limits, and Lyft says it will only charge the local market rate for gas, meaning renters won't have to worry about filling up their cars before they drop them off. Cars can be taken for as little as one day or as long as two weeks. At launch, Lyft is making the Volkswagen Passat sedan and the Volkswagen Atlas SUV available to rent in San Francisco. The Mazda 3 sedan and Mazda CX-5 SUV will be the launch cars in Los Angeles. The company is aggressively pricing the rentals, too, with the Passat in San Francisco available for as little as $35 per day, although Lyft says pricing may change based on things like when people rent, end quote. Milestone time. Google says it has captured more than 10 million miles of street view imagery. The distance, according to Google, of circling the Earth more than 400 times. And via its Google Earth product, Google says it has mapped out the parts of the world where 98% of people actually live, a total of 36 million square miles of satellite imagery. Quote, The numbers mark the first time Google has released figures on how much of the world its services have charted, providing insight into the scope of Google Maps. With more than 1 billion monthly users, Maps is one of the company's most popular products. It's also a potent way for the search giant to deliver local advertising, end quote. I've been waiting for someone to do a summary piece about Roku for a while now, because for all of the noise about the streaming wars, as I've said repeatedly, I think people are sleeping on the concept of ad-supported streaming television. Well, here's Bloomberg with a look at Roku, which is now valued at $17 billion thanks to its stock appreciating 300% 
this year. Roku has an install base of roughly 65 million and accounts for 44% of all connected TV viewing hours. We're all watching Netflix and Disney Plus now, and a larger portion of us are doing it on Roku devices. So Bloomberg has an interesting look at the state of Roku and the escalating competition that it's facing from Amazon, Google, and others. In short, television ads aren't going to go away, even if we flock to services where we pay a monthly subscription in order to avoid ads. But at the same time, in the middle of a shooting war, Roku can maybe be an arms dealer or to put it more kindly, an enabler of everyone else that is charging a subscription. Quote, Roku still loses money. The company makes almost no profit from selling devices. It keeps prices low to attract users whose viewing habits it sells to advertisers. That's where the real growth potential is. According to eMarketer, ad spending on connected TVs, in-stream ads or ads on menus, will grow to almost $7 billion by the end of 2019, up about 38% over the past year, and is expected to top $10 billion by 2021. Nearly every inch of real estate on Roku is for rent. For $1 million, a streaming service can take over the home screen to advertise a show. When Hulu got the rights to stream Seinfeld, it paid Roku to transform a portion of the screen into an image of Jerry's apartment instead of the default purple backdrop. Hulu, Netflix, Showtime, and YouTube have paid Roku to build brand-specific buttons on its remote controls. These lead users straight to those services. At a dollar per customer for each button, the cost can quickly add up to millions of dollars in monthly fees. Roku now has a slice of the ad inventory of the vast majority of streaming services and commands some of the highest rates in the media industry, bringing in about $30 per thousand viewers. The company can justify higher rates in part because its software is embedded in one-third of all smart TVs sold in the U.S. When a smart TV runs its software... Roku is the first thing a consumer sees when she turns on the TV, end quote. Roku, of course, also has that Roku channel now, offering old movies and reruns that, again, are supported by ads, thus tons more ad inventory to sell. In fact, Roku's ad revenue is expected to top $600 million this year and reach $1.5 billion by 2022. If you're a marketer, you probably got into marketing because you like being creative. If you're a developer, it's because you like building cool stuff. But too often, marketers and developers are stuck with old-school content management systems that make it harder to do that. Storyblock, a content management system, is here to help. Teams from Netflix, Tesla, and Oatly are among the 200,000 Storyblock users who switched from old-school systems like Sitecore, Drupal, and AEM to Storyblock. Why? Storyblock makes it easier for marketers and developers to build websites, apps, and other digital experiences and simply get shit done. For example, Storyblock has a new feature called the Ideation Room. The Ideation Room is a central space within Storyblock where you can collaborate with your teammates to come up with new ideas and refine them with the help of AI. If you want to ship your work in less time and stop wrestling with your CMS, try Storyblock for free today at Get dot storyblock.com slash ride home. That's get dot S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-K dot com slash ride home. 
how do you make a password that's strong enough so no one will guess it and impossible to forget and do it for a hundred different sites and make it so everyone in your company can do the same without ever needing to reset them? Sounds impossible unless you have 1Password. 1Password combines industry-leading security with award-winning design to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. 1Password makes strong security easy for your people and gives you the visibility you need to take action when you need to. Companies lose hours every day just from employees forgetting and resetting passwords. And you know that a single data breach can cost millions of dollars. 1Password secures every sign-in to save you time and money. For more than a decade now, 1Password has been on every computer and every phone I've ever owned. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom ride for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepasswordcom ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepasswordcom ride. Sounds like it's time for the Weekend Long Reads suggestions. I got to start off my recommendations with The Age of Instagram Face by Gia Tolentino in The New Yorker. It's about how social media, Facetune, and plastic surgery have come together to create a single, what she calls a cyborian look. Quote, there was something strange I said about the racial aspect of Instagram Face. It was as if the algorithmic tendency to flatten everything into a composite of greatest hits had resulted in a beauty ideal that favored white women capable of manufacturing a look of rootless exoticism. Absolutely, Smith said. We're talking an overtly tan skin tone, a South Asian influence with the brows and eye shape, an African-American influence with the lips, a Caucasian influence with the nose, a cheek structure that is predominantly Native American and Middle Eastern. Did... Smith think that Instagram face was actually making people look better? He did. People are absolutely getting prettier, he said. The world is so visual right now, and it's only getting more visual, and people want to upgrade the way they relate to it, end quote. Want a true crime tech story? How about the one zero piece about the influencer, the hitman, and a years-long domain name feud that ended in a literal shootout, quote, the intruder kicked through the doorway and grabbed Deo by the neck. Where's your computer? He demanded. According to Deo's courtroom testimony, he led the man across the hall and into his office with the gun now shoved into the small of his back. He sat down. The man opened up his MacBook Pro and Deo felt the gun move from his spine to the rear of his skull, the metal hard on his scalp. Okay, MFR, Deo recalled him saying, GoDaddy.com, end quote. Fast Company looks at a new startup called MindMed that is trying to create medicine that provides all of the upsides of psychedelic drugs without the downsides of tripping. This could have a huge import for things like addiction treatment and end-of-life hospice stuff, but also, you know, Silicon Valley's favorite trend, microdosing. Quote, while living in San Francisco, MindMed founder J.R. Ron came into contact with hordes of tech workers who take minuscule doses of psychedelic drugs as a way to wean themselves off of stimulants like Adderall while maintaining a focused edge. But psychedelics get you high and can leave you in a mind-meld state for hours, which for a lot of people is a non-starter. For both the microdosers and the people looking for help in recovering from an addiction, 
not to mention the Food and Drug Administration, the Drug Enforcement Agency, and the pharmaceutical companies that have the money and reach to bring a drug to market that makes psychedelics a risky business. Ron's first drug aimed at treating addiction has engineered out the psychedelic experience. But can it still be effective without the trip? End quote. And here's another startup story. FYI looks at how Zoom became maybe the most popular web conferencing product in less than 10 years. Quote, in 2011, Cisco's then VP of engineering, Eric Yuan, tried to persuade his fellow executives that they urgently needed to improve WebEx, Cisco's web conferencing product. At that time, Cisco's strategy for web conferencing didn't involve improving existing products. Despite the fact that WebEx had been a costly acquisition and the product was an important part of Cisco's business, Cisco didn't listen. Undeterred, Yuan did what any confident entrepreneur would do. He promptly resigned to start his own company. That company was Zoom, end quote. And this essay by Anil Dash has been getting a lot of chatter all week. The title is, Lincoln Bio is a Slow Knife. Quote, we don't even notice it anymore. Lincoln Bio, it's a pithy phrase usually found on Instagram, which directs an audience to be aware that a pertinent web link can be found on that user's profile. Its presence is so subtle and so pervasive that we barely even noticed it was an attempt to kill the web, end quote. And from later in the piece, quoting again, killing off links is a strategy. It may be presented as a cost-saving measure or a way of reducing the sharing of untrusted links, but it is a strategy designed to keep people from the open web, the place where they can control how and whether someone makes money off of an audience. The web is where we can make sites that don't abuse data in the ways that Facebook properties do. Links take us to places where we can make choices that Instagram never would, end quote. And finally, yes, tis the season for best whatevers of the decade, those sorts of wrap-ups. The Verge has a monster list of what it is calling the most important gadgets of the decade. And this has prompted a lot of back and forth all week as well, as you might expect, depending on how you feel about the rankings. But it's also just fun to take a look at everything that happened, where we are, where we were, everything that this show would have told you about were it also a decade old. That is all for today and for this week. There's one weekend bonus episode coming to you this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday. Actually, the last weekend bonus episode of the year. I've got my wife's work holiday party to go to tonight, so be on the lookout for Drunken Board Tweets. Talk to you on Monday.